Just a warning, this episode may contain language or topics that may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. We would also like to just state that we in no way, shape, or form are endorsing any religious beliefs whatsoever. This is simply just a conversation about freedom of speech and freedom of expression. I'm Zoe. And I'm Chandi. And this is Bound by the Club. So Zoe, what comes to mind when you hear the word Satan or Satanist? Um, I think of that song that was in Weeds. Uh, I think it was in season one. It was like, Satan, lend me a dollar. But besides that, evil? But then again, I know better. And I know that Satanism isn't really about like the actual devil or evil. But that, yeah, the, the image of like, you know, the typical thought of what you know, like the idea of Satan, I mean, it pops up in everybody's mind is like the same kind of thing. Yeah. Like, I mean, I've heard people kind of say, oh, you know, Satanists worship the devil. They sacrifice animals or kids and and animals. It's specifically the goat for some reason. And they're just walking around in black cloaks, which, which is interesting. That's funny you mentioned the goat. I was actually watching The Lords of Salem on TV the other day. If you haven't seen it, it's a lovely film by Rob Zombie. His wife is in it. But it's, you know, it takes place in Salem, Massachusetts, and they have these witches that are like worshiping the devil, right? And doing all these like, you know, black mass dark things, right? All these rituals. And um, there's this moment where a guy is talking about worshiping Satan and it's funny you mentioned the goat because one character asked, you know, that guy about what's with the whole goat thing. And he mentioned like, oh, the goat has free will, which I was like that. How? That's besides the point. But yeah, like the whole idea of like the goats. And, and I say, if you watch the movie, The Witch, there's Black Philip, the goat, right? That is the the devil is like speaking through this goat and giving the witches like, you know, um, like ideas and thoughts and commands, right? And so like, it's just like this persistent idea that Satanism is connected to the devil and, and just dark things. Basically, not very Christian, not very Abrahamic at all, right? That's like, you know, it's supposed to be you know, the the worship of, like, the dark side, right? Um, yeah, not very, like, Jesus-like, yeah. <laughs> not very Jesus-like. <laughs> no one really knows what Satanism is. I mean, obviously there are people who do, but the vast majority of people who have these ideas about Satanism in terms of the religion have no idea what it is. And I don't think it's come up, I don't think it's been in the mainstream for a while, but recently it has. It's because of this one campaign called the After School Satan Club for kids in kindergarten to eighth grade. So, But yeah, so that club is run by the Satanic Temple and they have other, um, they have other programs for children too. But what's so unique about the After School Satan Club that like drives 
everybody nuts, right? Yeah. I mean, I think it's just the fact that the word Satan is in it. Most likely. I mean, people get scared and really fearful when they hear the word Satan, Satanic, right? Satanism. Because they're just terms that most people do not understand. Most people don't Google it. Or even if they do Google it and like Wikipedia or whatever other website might tell them what it is, they're still going to be like, "Mm, I don't know. There's that word Satan. They're evil. They worship the devil. Until you really look into it, you know, you're really not going to know. Yeah. And also that's how, you know, we're having this conversation is because... The Satanic Temple really made a splash in the news with this after-school Satan Club. We spoke with June Everett, campaign director of the after-school Satan Club, about what the club is all about, why it exists, and the issues they've been facing as they try and open new clubs all around the country. Hi, June. Hi, Shandy. How are you? Good. How are you? Doing well. Super busy, but as they say, the devil's work is never done. (laughs) They do say that, right? (laughs) Yeah. Or if they don't, they should. Absolutely. On that note, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Yes, absolutely. Thanks for inviting me. So I think just to start off, what is a Satanist? That's a loaded question because it means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Um, It's a very personal Uh, journey to, you know, become a Satanist, to decide that you are a Satanist, to declare that you are, you know, part of the Satanist community. Um, So for me, um, it's really been a journey to finding like-minded people, a community and a church that I've never really known being raised secular. And it's really questioning everything, owning my own thoughts and my own body and my own path towards anything. It's really following the seven tenets. Um, I don't know how many times I've turned to those when I've been in a in a, a not a good state or even in a good state, how to sort of follow, you know, follow along through life. Um, so yeah, for me, it's very personal um, and everybody will give you a different answer. But um, as far as Satanists within the Satanic Temple are concerned, we are non-theistic, uh, meaning we don't actually worship or believe in a supernatural um, Satan or devil as um, the Christians would believe uh, Satan to be. Um, I like to say that the uh, the Christian religion doesn't have the monopoly on Satan. So we get to look at him however we like, and we think the guy is actually pretty cool. So yeah, that's that's how um, it's a personal and also a non-theistic journey through the Satanic Temple. Can you tell us a little bit about the Satanic Temple? Sure. So the Satanic Temple, again, is a organization of non-theistic Satanists. We have uh, congregations across the United States. I think almost every state has a congregation. If it's not recognized by the Satanic Temple yet, um, they're on the path to be. I know I've been working closely with the um, congregation in Virginia, um, and they are this close to becoming a recognized congregation. Um, The Satanic Temple also has all of its advocacy side of things. So So there's the religious side of things, the congregation side of things, and then the advocacy side of things. And that is kind of, well, not kind of, that is where After School Satan Club falls along. That is where um, our reproductive rights campaign falls under, um, Sober Faction, our uh, Gray Faction uh, campaign, our Protect Children campaign. So that's one side of the Satanic Temple. We have our ordained ministers, and then we have our congregations. So that's kind of what the Satanic Temple is as a whole today. Um, Of course, we've gone through a lot of changes. We just celebrated our 10-year anniversary. So 
essentially, we're really just getting started. I mean, 10 years is just a blip. You know, that's not even like a thing. We follow the seven tenets, which are part of our um, deeply held religious beliefs. And we are a recognized uh, religion under the eyes of the IRS and the United States government. When I was younger, and, you know, I have a couple of friends who are, Sat- who are Satanists, you know, because it was early 2000s when I had first heard about Satanism, like, you know, like really understood Satanism. And so they belong to the Church of Satan, which is very different from the Satanic Temple. It is. And I didn't actually know that the first meeting I went to for the Satanic Temple. I had reached out to the local congregation leadership here in Colorado because um, my son's school had a good news club and had just been sent home um, rather upset that one of his classmates had kind of unloaded on him about not going to church and burning in hell and being separated from all his family and his puppy. And and so it sparked something in me that had me reach out to the Satanic Temple, Colorado. And they said, hey, come to a meeting. So I think it was like two weeks later, I put on my big girl pants and I said, all right, I'm going to this meeting. I don't know what I'm getting myself involved in. I took a friend with me. And as we were pulling up in the parking lot, she said, okay, there's there's two different groups here. There's the Church of Satan and the Satanic Temple. <laughs> That's hilarious. And I kind of looked at her like, oh, sh- you know, they're two different. They're, oh, well, I guess we better figure that out quickly. And um, <laughs> lucky me, I picked the right. Not that there's anything wrong with Church of Satan. There's like a little, you know, internal quarreling. Mm-hmm. Both organizations are non-theistic Satanists. Anton LaVey was the founder and who we credit modern Satanism to. And that is all Church of Satan. Um, but we do a lot more on the advocacy side. And they're not necessarily a fan of that. Um, And I always get a kick out of, but the Church of Satan, Satanists like to tell us that we're like not Sataning right. And I'm like, (laughs) how unsatanic of you? (laughs) That in itself is not very Satanic. You can't tell other Satanists how to Satan. (laughs) Two different organizations that we, you know, kind of are on two different paths, have totally different membership structures. And again, we we, we write a little heavily on the advocacy side that they don't. And we also have, you know, ordinations, uh, ordination program with ordained ministers. And then we also have, you know, our congregations across the United States. So (laughs) you were in this parking lot and I guess out of the two doors, you chose one of the doors and you have been involved with the Satanic Temple ever since. Ever since, right. And the person that I met, it's funny, in the parking lot that that evening was actually a tattoo artist. And you know how tattoo artists don't really have to like obey any sort of dress code or rules or anything. They're not reporting to an office. So it was one of my dear friends and she looked, she had, you know, the hair and all the tats and all the piercings. And I was like, "Uh uh-oh, you know, we got Church of Satan. (laughs) And turns out not, not so much, but yeah, they welcomed me with open arms to the first meeting. And I think there was like 20 or 30 people at that meeting. And we all kind of went around and introduced ourselves. And I think they thought maybe I was lost by the way, you know, I look and the way I was dressed, not really satanic at all. Um, But these people welcomed me with open arms and never cast any judgment on me. And, you know, even though I felt like a PTO mom that was sort of out of place, they never made me feel that way. And they just, over time, you know, I came to more and more meetings and met more and more people. And um, within, you know, a couple years, I was like, I get it. I get the church community and I get the church family and I get why it's so important to so many different religious groups. Yeah, I've been involved ever since, you could say. There's a lot going on right now in terms of Satanic Temple. And you guys have a after school program, right? After School Satan Club. 
We do. It is one of our national campaigns, After School Satan Club. We tried to launch After School Satan Club back in 2016, 2017. At the time, our campaign initiatives were not under the national organization. They were kind of left to the congregations to kind of figure out. Um, at the time, our congregations were called chapters. So here we had these individual chapters, like one in Washington, one in Oregon, one in Utah. And they're trying to like invent the wheel. Like, how do we do this after school Satan club thing? Like, oh, well, you need insurance. Okay, well, how do we get that? Okay, well, you need, you know, somebody who's going to stay on these people and know how to do a facility use request and know how to provide all the supporting documentation And it just was really hard for them. They're just volunteers that are, you know, trying to stay afloat. It was really hard for them to launch. Um, So it was kind of a rough start for After School Satan Club. And then we did the restructuring so that all the campaigns then started reporting to executive ministry. Um, And those two are co-founders, Malcolm Jerry and Lucian Greaves. And um, they had asked me during the restructuring, you know, do you want to be the campaign director? They knew why I was led to the Satanic Temple. And, you know, I politely declined. And I think they asked me one more time, and I declined. And then I think at one point I was just like, okay, they're never going to leave me alone about this. Like, I'm just going to, we're just going to wing it here. Like if Lauren Boebert can do this and get where she's at, I can do anything, right? (laughs) So everything was on hold in 2020 uh, due to COVID and none of the schools were having, um, you know, a lot of in-person classes, let alone allowing, you know, organizations to run after school programs. So once they started allowing the after school programs to come back into the schools, this would have been, you know, fall and winter of 2021, um, I started getting requests for after school Satan Club. Um, My first request came from a person in Moline, Illinois, which is like two and a half hours from Chicago. It's like the middle of nowhere. And he's not even a Satanist. He considers himself just a free thinker type of dad. And he said, hey, this Good News Club has been, you know, at Jane Addams Elementary for the last nine years. We get a permission slip sent home with my kids every few months to remind us that the club is being offered. We looked into the Good News Club. We looked into the organization that, you know, runs and supports the Good News Club, and we don't agree with it. So we would like to have something for our kids to go to because we don't, you know, identify as Christians and we don't agree with what, you know, how they use the kids to proselytize to their peers and classmates. What can you do? And I remember going to bed that night and going, all right, this is it. We're going to, we're just going to, we're going to wing it. We're going to see what we need to do. We're going to go as far as we need to go. We have the insurance in place. And sure enough, we launched it and it didn't go viral until like, I think the day before the meeting, it was very quiet leading up to it. And we were both kind of, the parent and myself were both kind of like, Hmm, you know, it's, it's a little, it's a little too quiet. You know, what's going on? A kid, I should say at the school brought home a permission slip, parent took a picture, posted it on social media, and it just, blew up. I mean, it went viral. So Tucker Carlson was calling us the next day wanting an interview. Like that's how fast it went to the top. And so after that, word started getting out that that this was an alternative to the Good News Clubs and the LifeWise Academy. They're another big organization that does these clubs. And a lot of parents that aren't, you know, that are that are not Christians, but maybe they're pagans or they're Wiccans or they're atheists or they're agnostics or they're just not sure or they're the part of the free thinker group. They want to send their kids to something. They want their kids to also have something to go to that's fun and that's free of threats, you know, of eternal damnation, you know, and free of telling their children to go after their peers and their classmates. So that's after school state and club. 
Um, and I know uh, the media likes to accuse us of being trolls and the media likes to accuse us of just going after the headlines. I shouldn't say the media. It's a lot of the um, the communities that we go into. But I've been to every single launch and I see these volunteers and I see the kids working together and I see the connection and how much fun they have and the parents that get to meet and go, oh my gosh, I had no idea that there's this whole community out there that's just like me, that feels like a black sheep, that feels like I don't belong. And um, that's especially what's happening in Chesapeake. And, um, you know, whether there's one kid or 20 kids that show up, I'm extremely passionate about bringing that to these communities and I will die on this hill that we aren't going anywhere. So every year I plan to keep launching more and more clubs, have the clubs from the previous year returning. Um, we had two of the three clubs return from last year. The third one didn't uh, get to return just because they started changing the policy rules on us, which kind of kept us out. So yeah, we're going to continue to move forward launching clubs as as long as I, you know, as long as I'm breathing, hopefully. <laughs> That's great. What, what kind of activities do the kids do? That is a great, great question because a lot of the community, a lot of the schools, the districts that approve us want to know, well, what's your curriculum? You know, are you teaching these kids to like sacrifice goats or like, (laughs) what are, what are you doing? And what I realized very early on was that we had one at once put together um, some very set curriculum. It was like, you know, October is, is echolocation and you learn about the dolphins and the bats and you watch this video and you answer these questions and you write these things down and it felt very school-like and I ran it by my kids and they agreed a hundred percent. And that was the last thing I wanted to do was have these, you know, elementary school kids do school and then come and have to do more school. So at that point I decided, you know what, if we just like play games and do puzzles and do crafts the whole time and they have a blast, that's okay. And I decided, you know, to make each club unique based on what the volunteers wanted to do, based on what the kids wanted to do. Um, so yeah, every, every club is unique um, and every club uh, has its own activities inspired by the seven tenants, but we don't have like a set rule of curriculum that you have to follow, that you have to do. So yeah, that's, we have, you know, all of our resources available to the volunteers if they're out of ideas, but every club has been doing, you know, different things. And it's just like fascinating to see what they come up with. And you guys only go into schools with a good news club, correct? So we go into schools that have a religious club operating on campus. There is good news clubs. They they're the main they're the main evangelical club in the public schools in the United States. We also have the LifeWise Academy. Um, they're another evangelical club that is operating um, in cl- in schools across the United States. We also have like random you know local Bible clubs that are op- that aren't part of any organization. They're just holding, you know, Bible club on campus after school. So if any of those are happening and a parent has requested us to be there because they want to have an alternative point of view at their school that their kids can attend, we'll go there or we'll try our best at least. So you said that this kind of spurred because your kid came home. So it was personal. Yeah, it was really personal. And I get asked a lot when I tell the story. Um, You know, he wasn't like traumatized for life. He's not going to need, well, hopefully he's not going to need therapy when he's 30. But he was clearly upset that um, this idea of Jesus and burning in hell hadn't been a thing that I had really talked to him about. I mean, he was in first grade at the time. You know, we didn't go to church. We didn't really talk about Jesus and God. We were kind of atheist agnostics. Like my husband was considered a 
none, like none of the above. Um, so when he came home upset and I'd known I was on the actual school board for this, this particular school at the time. And I knew that there was a good news club. And as an agnostic atheist, I thought, hmm, well, you know, it's after school. Uh, parents have to sign a permission slip to go. Um, so what's what's the problem, right? And I didn't really think much more about it. But when he came home and he told me what had happened, and I started looking into um, the Good News Club, and I think a friend had sent me a couple documentaries that had been done on them, I realized what they do. And they don't hide it. It's not like they deny what they're doing. Um, they've even said it recently on a couple of their interviews that, yeah, our job is to spread the good, the good news. And we are sponsored by the child. Child Evangelism Fellowship, you know, keyword being evangelism. And so they use these kids to go after their peers and their classmates. And that is where I took issue. Um, and I think, you know, a lot of parents don't really know when they send their kids because, hey, it's an extra hour of it's free daycare. It's right after school. You know, parents can use the time for anything. And so they don't really have this like informed consent that um, what's taking place in these clubs. So like how many parents are like, yeah, sure, you know, huh, whatever. We believe in Jesus. Send our kids to the Good News Club. So it's it's really, I don't know, it's a lot to unpack there. But that is where, yes, I took issue. And that is what led me um, down my path as a Satanist. Okay, so the Good News Club has been around for a long time. And so long. you've started making waves with the counterpart, which is the After Satan Club. How prevalent is the Good News Club? So they took a big hit with COVID. You know, before COVID, I believe they were boasting that they were in over 7,000 public schools. They were here in Colorado, which they're not. Any Well, I take that back. We just launched our first club in Colorado um, uh, back in March. So, but here where I was, they were everywhere. And it's like, they all kind of packed up and left. And it wasn't because the school districts kicked them out um, because legally they have to let them in um, because of the Supreme Court hearing that took place in 2001. Um, so I don't know if it's what happened. You know, each of the good news clubs have their own chapters that run the different clubs in particular parts of the state. So um, I think COVID, you know, took a hit. But I believe I heard them say they're in 3,500 or 4,000 schools now. And again, that doesn't include LifeWise Academy and then all your, you know, private Bible type clubs that are operating around the country. That's like crazy. Like I've, you know, I'd never heard of the Good News Club as a kid or anything like, you know, ever. We get a lot of Satanists uh, that I talk to that say that they were sent, you know, to the Good News Club and, you know, what they had, what they taught them and what the, you know, how blunt they were about, you know, the believing and the songs they had to sing and the, what they were supposed to tell their classmates to get them to come and bribing them with snacks and candy and all the things. And, you know, um, when I tell people about this and how, it, you know, my son was really disturbed, they said, you know, like, really, they really do that? And it's like, yes, they really do this. This is what they're doing. And to be fair, it's perfectly legal. They're renting the space. Uh, you have to have a parental permission slip. It's not breaking any laws. Um, you know, as long as they're following state and federal law and the laws, uh, the rules of the facility, they're not breaking any rules. So yeah, it's a thing. And um, that's why it's so important to us to have, you know, alternative to that. Out of, you know, the schools that you guys have gone into with After School Satan Club, what kind of pushback have you received from the community or parents? Of course, there's always the initial shock. They hear <laughs> Satan and yeah. they just pretty much lose their minds. We have had, you know, quite a few 
people that were originally upset be able to take a deep breath, look into us, see what we're all about and kind of go, okay, that's fine. But then we have the people that, you know, no matter what we tell them, no matter what we say, you know, we don't actually worship the devil you know, no matter how much we try to educate them, educate them and tell them about, you know, the good works that we're doing and the positive um, aspects that we're bringing to their community, they don't want to hear it. And a good friend of mine said, you know, the reason why is at the end of the day, you're checking their privilege, you know, their divine right to this majority religion and these spaces in our government. And if you can just march right in here and, you know, they have to let you, that's a privilege check. And, you know, that's what just happened um, in Swakin Valley where, you know, they tried to, they approved us. They tried to unapprove us based on some pre, you know, pretext uh, issues with the permission slip. And a federal judge said, sorry, these guys are just as welcome as any other third party organization, even though their views aren't popular, even though you don't like what they have to say. They're just they have the rights to the space just like you do. Do you think there's like a double standard in terms of religious groups? So we are going to have protesters at every single after school state and club launch. We have had protesters, which means we have police presence. And, okay. you know, I do understand that for the parents that are just kind of neutral and like want nothing to do with either club, that it's this big like fiasco and they're trying to pick up their kids and there's protesters screaming at them. Now there's policemen and then, you know, your first graders like, what is going on? And I get asked the question a lot too. Like, what are these parents supposed to explain to their children? And I'm like, that's, that's the parent's job. You're supposed to explain these things to kids that our country is a free country and that some people believe one way and some people believe the other. But if our government decides that, you know, that they're welcome, that they can't pick and choose who gets to come in and who doesn't. And it's a beautiful thing. It's what makes our country so awesome. Yeah. So I hope that's what they're explaining. But yeah, um, we're kind of used to it by now. I told my volunteers, I think after my fourth or fifth club that, yeah, usually they go away. Like after the first <laughs> meeting, they go away. Yeah, they're not going away anymore. They're like, really? They're my California club has 20 of them lined up every meeting. My Virginia club has, you know, 15 to 20 lined up. They started recording the kids and the parents. So there's like a whole parasol patrol type umbrella situation set up so that the kids can, you know, and the parents can go to the club without these video, like, you know, cell phones in their face. So if anything, it's gotten more intense, but I am looking forward to the day where nobody cares anymore and we can just do our thing. I mean, has the publicity been good for you guys? It's kind of weird because the publicity, you know, as far as the community goes, a lot of people find their congregation through After School Satan Club. A lot of the parents that reach out to me had no idea that there's, you know, a congregation in the state. That was one of my volunteers who um, actually helps me run our uh, release time religious instruction program. She had reached out to me to run After School Satan Club. And when I reached out to the congregation in that area, because I like to let them know, it's kind of a big deal. Like After School Satan Club is coming to your backyard. You you guys might want to know in case you get blown up with, you know, media requests. And this parent was like, wait, what? There's a there's a congregation like 20 <laughs> minutes from my house. And now she's part of leadership for that congregation. So the publicity <laughs> on that side, you know, a lot of parents um, are happy to see us. Uh, as far as like uh, media goes, we, we usually only get contacted by Fox News for some reason. <laughs> um, none of the more like progressive or left-leaning really? news stations really know what to do with us. Yeah, it's kind huh. of... It's kind of an interesting thing. It was explained to me once by our, our attorney why that is. And I can't remember what he said and how to say it correctly. But yeah, it's a weird phenomenon that, you know, nobody wants. They don't know what to, to do with us. <laughs> what do the protesters do? What do they say? 
most of the time they have signs that say, you know, repent or, you know, Jesus is, is re- you know, is real. Satan is evil. They usually have megaphones. They're usually screaming Bible verses, depending on if you got the Catholics or just the evangelicals. The Catholics will bring like their bagpipes and their drums because their intention is to like try to drum us out. They actually got into a fight at SatanCon, the Catholics and the evangelicals. Um, it was because, again, the evangelicals don't recognize them as like a, a true sect of Christianity. And some of our people got it on video. Like they're out there literally fighting and screaming at each other. And we're like, oh my gosh, oh, this is just- <laughs> like, this is my life. This is crazy. But yeah, you know, when, when it, when we're going into a school, the police are usually pretty good at keeping them away so that they're not scaring the kids and they're not like up against the doors where we're trying to get in and get out. An interesting story happened in our launch in Tehachapi, California. There were like clearly marked protesters that were out away by the street. There were police, you know, kind of standing in the parking lot, monitoring things. And as we were walking into the front doors of the main office, there was just a bunch of people kind of just standing around with their jackets on. And and I thought, huh, you know, these must be like parents still waiting to pick up their kids or they're just hanging out. Maybe they had their kids are at a club in the school and they were what we call unmarked protesters. Oh, I man. didn't even know that was a thing. Uh, so the cops had no idea who they were. So they start yelling and screaming at us. One guy follows us into the front office. The poor office staff ladies are like ducking for cover under the desk. It's getting really heated. The cops have no idea what's going on. So it was a learning moment that, uh, you know, anybody who's standing around, even though they're not holding signs and megaphones, could absolutely be in opposition of us and to be careful. That's intense. So, But most of the time you guys feel safe, though, right? I mean... Yeah, most of the time it's pretty chill. Uh, You know, sometimes the club meetings themselves get weird with like janitors kind of like walking by like 13 times collecting the trash. Um, We've had like counselors like randomly pop in on my volunteers and want to talk to them. But at the end of the day, it's our space because we're simply renting the space and the school districts make it very clear that they have nothing to do with us. But then they want to like kind of turn around and like try to micromanage us in these little ways. And I'm like, so are you, are you sponsoring us? Are you part of us or are you not? Because you can't have your cake and eat it too here, right? And so we're renting the space and we've had um, people, including parents, demand that they come in and they get to see what we're doing. And it's like, no, we get to we get to decide who stays and who leaves. And you have to have a kid with a permission slip, um, preferably your own kid to stay and watch the club. Um, so, yeah, what goes on in the clubs? It, just even these last few months uh, with people stop, random people stopping by and one parent that was, came in trying to proselytize to uh, one of my volunteers and talk to her about Jesus. And of course, she's so sweet. She didn't tell her get out of here with that. Like, this is not the time or the place. But yeah, they they really do. They really are starting to push like, you know, these launches and how different things kind of go down. So we learn every time. <laughs> yeah, it's because they're feeling threatened, right? Yeah, it's like one of those things where I'm tempted to just like record a club, 
meeting and let people like literally like fall asleep because <laughs> it's the kids that are having fun. Like they're putting yeah. together puzzles and they're like doing the little gemstone, like breaking open the rocks and they're playing games and they're making friendship bracelets and they're doing different crafts. And it's like, you know, 10 minutes in, you'd be like, all right, I've had enough. Like we're not doing like they just I, they just want to see so badly. Like, what are you doing? You have to be doing something crazy. And it's just totally anticlimactic when it, that doesn't happen. <laughs> it's it's the word Satan. You know, I mean, it's just, you know, even when I like told people, oh, we're doing this really cool episode, you know, with Satanic Temple, they're like, they just look at me and I'm like, just go read about it. It's that shock factor, you know, yeah. and I get well, it. You, we hear a lot of the parents at these board meetings go, well, you know, are we just going to let the KKK in now? And I'm like, okay, first off, the KKK is a Protestant group. Protestant. Very those true. are those are y'alls. Those, that's a Christian group. Okay. Yeah. And second off, we're not a hate group. We're not on, you know, the hate watch list for the United States. We, <laughs> you know, most of the Satanists I know are vegan or vegetarians. And I've literally seen them like carry ants outside, right? Like they wouldn't harm <laughs> a soul. So, you know, it's just, it's one of those things that like really flips the paradigm of like what you think is evil and bad isn't always evil and bad. And what you think yeah. is all that is good. The Catholic priest, <clears throat> for example, is not all that is good. So yeah, it's really just kind of flipping things upside down on people. And some of them take it well, and some of them do not. <laughs> so what is your goal for the next year and the next five years? So that's a really good question. I think that I'm going to have all this time this summer to like do all these things. And then I know it like goes by in a flash. You guys may or may not have seen that we just launched Goodnight Baphomet at SatanCon. It was this amazing artist that approached us with this amazing artwork. And it's the seven tenants basically interpreted into this super sweet, like, I don't want to say down to earth because I think our tenants are pretty self-explanatory, but super sweet translation that is just amazing. And it's every tenant and it has a little picture that goes with it. And we have stickers for each tenant. Um, so I'm hoping that you know, next year we might be able to incorporate Goodnight Baphomet in our classes. Um, we get accused a lot of not having any religious part to our clubs. So you're not a real religion if you're not actually teaching, you know, your religious beliefs. But I think that this book might actually be a way to do that in a way that kids can understand. And at the end of the day, you know, people ask, well, what if, you know, someone has a problem with the tenants? And I'm like, have you have you read the tenants? <laughs> like, have you actually read them? It's like, be a good person. You know, you're in charge of your own body. Take care of the earth. If you screw up, say you're sorry, you know? So yeah, that's one thing I'm really looking forward to um, incorporating in the next year. Um, we have our release time religious instruction program, which uh, we just piloted this past year. And this is essentially a program that uh, is an alternative to the release time religious instruction programs that are legal in, I think, almost every state. The LifeWays Academy is really actually pushing this one. Um, they pick the kids up in the middle of the school day. So it's not after hours. It's in the middle of the school day. Again, it requires, you know, parental permission. Um, and these kids are picked up and they're taken away to the local church for an hour. And then they come back and they get to tell all their classmates that didn't get to go how much fun they had. And my volunteer that reached out was like, so it's my my two kids and three others that are left behind. And I don't want to send them to this Bible club because we're not Christians. What can you do? And together we worked um, to get this pilot program launched. So my other thing is to launch more hail programs across the United States. 
we're definitely raising the bar on where we go as far as after school Satan Club. Um, we need parents that are more um, willing to be involved because we've had a lot of parents that sort of light the match and walk away, which is kind of what needed to happen to get the program up and running. We kind of had to take what we could get. But now that we've realized that that causes actually a lot of problems when we're trying to launch a club. Um, we're going to only be going into um, cities and communities where the parents are all about us being there that are willing to send their kids if we get approved because that's happened. We've been approved and I'm like, okay, parent, we got approved. Will we, we be seeing you? And they're like, oh no, 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 no. I never had an intention of actually like sending my kid. And you're like, Oh my gosh. What, what? So again, we've been learning a lot, but um, yeah, my plan is to go into cities and communities where hopefully we have a lot smoother approvals through the launch, you know, and, and getting the clubs approved when we have parents that are willing to like show up to the board meetings and say, listen, we want this club here. Five years, we definitely have talked about our own charter school. There was a Supreme Court hearing that allowed different states that have basically a voucher program. And these are, you know, a lot of times uh, families that aren't close to a public school kind of live out in the middle of nowhere. They get to have these vouchers and kind of choose what school they want their children to go to. Um, and before then, they had to be, you know, non-secretarian schools. And then they open that up so that this voucher money, which is, you know, state, federal and, and money um, used for public education can now be used towards religious education. So our plan is to also hopefully in the next five years, open up uh, our own uh, charter school. Uh, unfortunately, we had it on the list of things to do just this past year to start, you know, getting everything lined up. But then uh, Roe versus Wade, as you know, was overturned this past summer. And we decided that um, the launch of our clinic kind of took priority over everything else. So yeah, it kind of got pushed, pushed aside, but hopefully in the next five years for sure. How many after-school Satan clubs do you currently have operating? So funny you ask, because like two hours ago, I think I just got word that we are able, to, we're going to be able to launch our club in New York. It's a unique situation because they only have like two spots available to rent their gym and their cafeteria. Their gym is being occupied by their like after school daycare program. Uh, so there was basically one spot to rent and the Good News Club had it. And that's where we came in. And I don't know what happened. I think their like fall or winter semester ended and they needed to figure out their dates for the, you know, spring and they didn't. And we did. So they, they approved us, you know, they sent home the permission slips, which caused all kinds of community uprise, as you know. And then they successfully kept us out. I'd been dealing with wow. the principal and she's like, oh, sorry, you know, the, the choir needs that space. The Odyssey of the Mind group needs that space. The, the band needs needs that space. And I just reached out to her yesterday and she's like, yeah, as of right now, the two dates in May that you wanted are open. And it's just like, okay, maybe we're launching at Homer Brink this month. So that would make nine. Um, okay. And that also includes our hail pilot program that is running. So where in New York? I'm just curious. It's Indwell, New York, which is an hour. Where was I going to fly into Syracuse? Okay, so that's up kind there. of the boonies. Yeah. That's kind of yeah. where we tend to go. After school, Satan Club usually is nowhere like in some big fun city like yeah. San Francisco or Boston or New York City because there's a lot more opportunity for everything. And then when you go to these, you know, 
schools that are kind of out in the middle of nowhere. Parents have just had enough. That's where we get to come in. Any New Jersey? You know what? We were this close to launching in New Jersey and I had to pull back because it was Alloway. Does that sound correct? Alloway, New Jersey? Yeah. Um, I had to pull back because everything was just going absolutely insane. And we didn't have a parent that was really gung-ho about being involved. The volunteers in the congregation were like 100% in, like ready to go, like let's do this. But we really need to have that parent it's not required by law, but it really does help that, you know, when we have a parent that requests us that we can say, hey, listen, we have a parent in your school and here they are and they want us here. And then, you know, their hands are kind of tied. If we don't have that parent, it's really easy for them to say, well, you know, we require a resident or somebody of the school to request the club. And legally, I don't know, you know, that might not hold up in court. That's kind of what happened in New Jersey. But hopefully next year we might find somebody. And I have a dad who's like super excited about getting um, a club launched in North Carolina. Uh, We had tried to launch um, in Greensboro. What we're finding, yeah, is that the schools, it's basically the government would rather completely shut down their limited public forum then let us in or, you know, uh, do everything they can and end up in court essentially. Um, but what we're finding, it's like these superintendents like talk on Slack or something, maybe they're changing their policies. And we consider that a win, um, because what they're doing is they're moving the good news club to like later in the evening. So 6 PM start time has happened to like four of my, the schools we tried to launch in now. So that way, the Good News Club, the kids that attend, the parents actually have to go, okay, now wait, what is this? And what do they do? And oh, they actually have to like bring their kid back and then pick them up. You know, it's not just this really easy taking advantage of an extra hour of daycare, right? So that's the Good News Club, not a fan, not a fan of that at all. So we are absolutely considering those victories when they change their policies to move everybody to 6 p.m. It's still keeping their limited for public forum open. And then we just had um, a school outside of Portland that moved, that changed their policy to where there's no third party organizations allowed in their elementary schools. So they they found a clever way to like keep the Good News Club out, keep us out. Yeah, so they're getting smart and figuring out ways and I'm I'm all for it. We're not a fan of the Good News Club or any religions being in the schools, but if they're going to be there, so are we. We just also had a club, a district, school district outside of Pittsburgh that changed their policies in order to keep us out and the Good News Club out. In fact, they like were requiring all this crazy stuff. We submitted a FOIA because we knew they didn't require it of the Good News Club. And then they quickly changed our policies. And that was that. So we know when we're being put through extra. I know when I'm yeah. like, really? A hold harness agreement that I have to write from scratch? Okay. Where did that come from? That's nowhere in your policies. I start to figure it out pretty quickly. As a parent to a parent who gets this like permission slip from the after school Satan Club, and they want to know what what is this? How do you say it in like the most simplest way? that you think would help a parent understand? Like say it was my neighbor and one of my neighbor's kids got one and they didn't know I worked for the satanic temple. Um, You know, I would describe it as, you know, an alternative religious point of view. I would absolutely encourage them to read the information on the permission slip that explains exactly what we are and what we're doing and provides a link to find out more. And I would also explain to them that, you know, part of alternative religious views in our public schools, in our public um, spaces all across the government keeps 
us, basically everybody from, you know, being able to enjoy their freedoms and their beliefs or their non-beliefs that it's holding our government accountable so that one uh, religion doesn't, you know, take over um, all the other religions and we, you know, lose that freedom essentially. And I'd also say, hey, that's a good sign that we still have choices. We still have this ability. We still have, you know, freedom of religion, freedom from religion, freedom to believe how we'd like. And if you don't agree, that's okay. And if you don't want to send your kid, that's a choice that you get to make. Other parents do want to send their kids and they should have that choice. So that's how I'd kind of break it down. Yeah, I think it's really interesting just that there's something offered, you know, there's like an alternative and it, it's great because it's it's open to all kids. It's not something that they're drawn to because of something in a more negative way. Good News Club is more like religion based, right? Like really religiously based and more about like converting and yeah, like exactly yeah. that kind of thing. And this is more like, you know, everybody, we welcome everybody and and it's something positive. It's not something that's like proselytizing and teaching something eternal damnation and, you know, fire and brimstone. We're very inclusive to, especially the LGBTQIA plus community. A lot of parents that identify as a Satanist are church survivors. And, you know, they've been abused by the church in one way or the other. And they have sworn to themselves that they will never put their kids through that sort of abuse. And they gravitate towards after school Satan club, um, you know, so it's it's like this next generation of parents that were had to go to the good news club and had to, you know, were abused in one way or the other emotionally or physically in the name of, you know, their church. And they really gravitate towards after school Satan club. And, you know, I keep hoping and wishing that maybe some other religion might try to do an after school club, but it comes down to the fact that you know, a lot of religions don't go after children. Um, most religions don't. Evangelicals do. They want to get them young, um, and they're very clear about that. We we joke about you know um, my mom's actually Jewish, but you know you you go to you know the Jewish go to whoever it is that's in charge and say I want to be Jewish, and they're like no 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 you have to do this 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 and that. We don't want you essentially. <laughs> they make it really hard. I'm like, why can't all religions be like that? Like, no, we don't want you. You have to, you know, really prove yourself first. So yeah, it's just the evangelicals that want to be in the schools. It's not any other religion. So the definition of evangelical means to, you know, like spread the word. That's what right. it means. So like that's their whole point. That's their mission. And you know, they don't see anything wrong with it like that's you know, that's just how they operate. They're very clear on their values, their Christian values, as far as, you know, marriage is between, um, you know, a man and a woman and that you're born with one gender. And so it really, you know, kicks out uh, right away a lot of the LGBTQIA plus yeah. community that our parents are a part of and that their kids are also a part of. So yeah, the, a lot of people have a problem with them being there. And as more as that catches on, you know, I think after school Satan club, something's got to give, I think at one point, I don't think this can keep going forever. Um, I don't know if it will end up at the Supreme court again, somehow that maybe it was a bad idea to let the religions into the public schools, but we'll see the federal yeah. judge, you know, ordering them to allow us to come in and run the club is a good step in the right direction to religious pluralism and religious freedom in this country for sure that's against freedom of speech and and everything that, first you know, amendment not, like, yeah you couldn't get any more first amendment when people 
you know, I hear comments online. I'm like, oh, do you hate the entire constitution or just the first amendment? (laughs) You know, (laughs) because this is first amendment 101, you know, we're not hurting anybody. We're not, you know, this is a freedom of speech that is protected um, under the establishment clause under the first amendment. And trust me, you want us here, you know, even though they don't see it that way. I think it's just a lack of understanding. When I was a kid, my parents were Christian for the most part, more so my father than my mother, but there was never any kind of like, you know, you must do this or you must believe this or anything like that. Honestly, didn't want me to go to any sort of like religious group or anything. Like they were just like, you do whatever you want. You know, like you, Zoe, I was raised, my dad was, you don't have to go to church to be a good Christian, Christian. And my mom being Jewish that we... I was raised fairly secular, but every time, you know, a friend invited me to like youth group or asked me to, you know, do something, go to church with them. They're like, oh yeah, you know, go for it. And had there been a good news club at the elementary school I was born and raised in at the time and I asked to go, I'm sure my parents would have been like, sure, don't see a problem with it. And, you know, a lot of people do get away without being traumatized by their church or their religion or their parents. And I happen to see just a lot of it just because, you know, I'm dealing with Satanists who a lot of them have been traumatized. But I forget the general population, they're kind of neutral on it. They're like, yeah, you know, it's okay. You want to be Christian? You want to be Jewish? You want to be atheist? It's fine. The Good News Club and the CEF are just a whole new beast that has really amped up the last, I'd say, 10 or 20 years. I bet you never thought that you would be doing this, huh? 15 years ago? You know, I was going to say seven, eight years, then 10 years ago, I hadn't really like given, I was like drowning in all things baby and toddler. You know, my kids weren't old enough to be in public school yet. I was in survival mode and I didn't really know, like my husband and I didn't really go to church. Yeah. I had no idea that this would be the path I would go down. But once I really started seeing how, you know, religion was really becoming a part and coming into our government and owning my atheism at the time, that's kind of where the alarms went off that like, you know, oh, we are supposed to be, you know, this secular government. And there is a reason our founding fathers wanted us this way. And I just had this platform and this privilege to stand on to do something about it. Um, A lot of my friends don't, and they don't, you know, they don't have that. So, you know, I just feel like it's just kind of, what do they say? Bless the broken path or something. Like I was led down this road with some trauma in the public school. And now like I couldn't be happier. I found my church family. Um, We got to see each other all over Satan Con. Like I'm doing stuff and they're doing their things. And every time we see each other, just give each other a big hug. And it's just, it's, it's nothing that I could have ever imagined. And this fight right here, like is something I'm very passionate about. And I just feel like it's very rewarding work, which is really, you know, if you can find that, as, you know, as an adult, rewarding work that makes you feel alive. I feel like I'm very lucky to have found it because I know a lot of people that don't have that. Yeah, I'm a lucky duck. Just curious because you mentioned uh, SatanCon. What exactly is that? Because I'm pretty sure people are going to be really curious. There's a lot to unpack here as well. SatanCon, we actually had our first one just last year. So February of 2022. And, you know, we'd been asked to do something because there's all these congregations across the United States and we all have this bond and we all share this common, you know, church and religion and ideals. And could we do something to like bring everybody together? So actually, 
my good friend, Harry. He's part of my Colorado congregation. He's run conferences in the past for different um, companies and different things. He decided to step up and try to put something together. And the question was, well, where, you know, where do we have it? And I don't know if you guys are familiar, but the Satanic Temple had a lawsuit against the, the, was it the city municipal? Who was it? It wasn't county. They were doing invocations before city council meetings and they were inviting all sorts of pastors to come in, but like 99% Christian pastors. So we asked to do an invocation before one of the city council meetings and they managed to like retroactively change their policy to keep us out. And it ended up being, you know, uh, it ended up going to court and we ended up losing, um, unfortunately, because they didn't, it's a whole thing. So we thought, you know what? Let's take this SatanCon thing to Scottsdale, Arizona. So they got SatanCon uh, last year. And then the reason we were in Boston this year is because um, the Boston mayor, I believe her name is Michelle Wu, also uh, kicked us out um, of trying to do an invocation before city council meetings and refused to fly our flag once they opened up that limited public forum to fly all of the different, you know, denominational flags. So we thought, you know what, Boston, Boston would be a great place. Plus it's close to headquarters an hour up the road in Salem. So we knew that a lot of the people that came to SatanCon would be able to like make a trip out of it and go see Baphomet that's sitting at headquarters. But what SatanCon is, is it's community and it's um, everybody coming together, but it's also, we have uh, speakers all throughout the day from all different angles and all different, uh, like we had um, Dr. Sparkle, who is a famous, um, I believe, uh, psychologist in specializing in sexual, um, I have to look at the pamphlet. I I missed all the speakers because I was too busy running around like a chicken with my head cut off. But at night we had like a satanic ball. It's like what you would see a conference for everything else, like networking during the day. And we had a marketplace where you could shop and we had all of our campaigns there, you know, set up to talk to people about what we're doing. And then we had, you know, the speakers and we had, we actually had a, um, our, what we called the little black chapel, which was a place people could come renew their vows. We had a couple weddings actually, or you could go in there and just have some serenity and, or do your own ritual. It was very cool. I don't know where we're going to have it next year. I wish it was in Boston every year, but I can guarantee that someone else is going to probably, um, screw us over somewhere. And that will be the next, uh, 2024 Satan con. New Jersey. Kind of a cool perhaps? way of like New Jersey's pretty open. Do you really New Jersey didn't work out the school? Yeah, that's small time compared to like oh. city council meetings actually yeah. like changing their rules to keep us out, which is what they do with after school Satan Club, right? But um we're not trying to get in if the good news club isn't there. So as long as we're both gone, we're fine with it. But these yeah. this is different setup, right? They're just it, they're just completely discriminating against us and you know, everybody else continues on. It's just you guys that can't come in. So that's where we, you know, tend to focus our attention or have the last two years. And that's a kind of a cool way of cool way of going about it because like it's like well you had a problem with us so we're going to come back and have our convention. It's this funny analogy I get. I say this is how you get ants because when you leave a mess and you leave like your crumbs, you know, that the ants come along and clean up the mess. I'm like, you know, my satanist friends probably wouldn't like me comparing them to ants, but <laughs> I'm like this is how you get ants, right? You 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 do this Michelle Wu and then all, you know, 900 satanists come to your city. <laughs> <laughs> the ants come in and clean up your mess now. <laughs> so See, it's, it's just, easier just to allow 
do let us in like just do it just learn who we in. are see the good things that we're doing in our communities and that you know we're not chopping heads off of goats right. and eating babies say, like you're not going to sacrifice them on an altar like it's fine Right. Like, let us in, you know, acknowledge the fact that this is what makes this country so amazing. It's what keeps our government yeah. responsible uh, for, you know, what our founding fathers wanted. Um, let us in. Let us do our thing, too. We, we, we have over a million members here in the United States. We want to be in our public places just as much as anyone else. We want to have our religion represented just as in, much as any other religion. I like what you're saying, Zoe. Just let us in. It's much easier. I was going to make a joke. <laughs> let Satan into your heart. Let him in. This is how you get ants. That's going to be my next sticker. <laughs> that's, that's better. I like that. It's been such a blur the past few days. And I, I always think that like I've figured it out and then something happens and I realize I have not figured it out. And it has been such a learning experience. It, it's been eye-opening, not to just myself. I was going to tell you that we had Satan Con at the Marriott Copley place, I believe. And, you know, at first when they found out who we were, I think they were like freaking out. And uh, this was nine months before we um, actually had Satan Con that we've been working with them on all the logistics. They took a ch- they took a chance on us. They took a risk. They, they're a private organization. They didn't have to let us in. And they did. And what they said to us when we were leaving was that we were some of the nicest, most, I guess, all the servers were talking about how well we tipped, most pleasant to work with, most respectable when it came to, you know, facilities and following the rules. And they were just telling us how so many of the staff were just completely blown away by the people screaming and yelling outside and, you know, with the megaphones and fighting and the infighting. And they would come inside the building sometimes and start, you know, yelling at the people in the Starbucks line and screaming. And then there's the Satanists that are just minding our business and keeping quiet and having a good time. And they told us, you guys are welcome back anytime. You guys were the best organization that we've ever hosted a conference for. So, you know, it's as, as we continue to do things like this, I think the word is going to spread that the Satanists are actually pretty cool and you should just let us in. It's kind of funny because Marriott is uh, um, owned by a Mormon family. Like I, well, I did not know that. Is. I, Seriously? I originally, yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't think the Mormons mind us so much as the Catholics yes. do. They really they don't like a lot us. of things. Yeah. They don't like yeah. a lot of things. Yeah. We always have this Catholic organization called Tradition Family Property, TFP. And they have like um student group and these student groups always come to our after school Satan Club launches. And they're the ones with these red sashes. Like if you guys Google um after school Satan Club protesters and they're the ones with the bagpipes and the drums, wow. they were out there all weekend. Um, they really are relentless when it comes to making sure they show up to all of our events. Think I of like, them as like, I like the like, bagpipes. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, like it's in a way it's like kind of helping you out, you know, this background music going on. You, you yeah, know. we in, at the Satan Con in Scottsdale, we were all like crouched because we weren't, you know, we're not supposed to poke the bear. We're not supposed to engage with the protesters. Right. That's one of the things. So we were like all crouched down in this like stairwell where they were like all standing by the street and we were just listening to them play because they're actually really good. And we were just like, ah, we love the bagpipes, the drums, the drum solo. <laughs> you know, when one of us would pop up and we'd see like, you know, crucifix like cross thrown at us. When I decide <laughs> to go out, I'm going to get the blood clap capsules and just, you know, oh like out there and I'm just, you know, and put on this big like bloods coming out of my mouth. And they're always like, don't do that, June. Don't do that. And I said, I'm going <laughs> to do it. 
what are they going to do? Fire me? Like <laughs> <laughs> what they want you to like not provoke them or something. Yeah. And you know, we, yeah, we try to hold up our good yeah, reputation of being good people and we just watch them fight each other and that's entertainment enough for us. So yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I thought that was really cool. The contacts I make um, with After School Satan Club, like launching the two clubs that I got to launch again this year, I already had this rapport with the office staff, with the superintendent, with the board. And it was almost like they were happy to hear from us again. Oh, hey, June. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Fill this out. You're boom, approved. It's like once they realize we come in and we do our thing and the community you know, like the earth doesn't stop turning and there are people that want to come and we, you know, are very polite and very respectful of the facilities and the staff. They're like, hell yeah, come on back. Like, we'd love to have you again. I hope that continues um, as we continue to do more things. I mean, you're doing so much with few resources. Yeah. And as we continue to grow, um, hopefully that momentum continues to build and we can do more things. Thank you so much for, you know, talking to us about After yeah. School Satan Club, Satanic Temple, everything. Yeah, we have a lot going on. It's been a pleasure like talking to you guys. I always appreciate talking to people that are open and willing and are friendly. Uh, you know, I know not everybody I talk to is going to be friendly um, and, and understand what we are and what we're doing. So it's been really nice to answer questions that are coming from a place of true, just wanting to know and knowledge. And to the people that listen, you know, hopefully they've learned a lot more and their eyes have been opened and next time they hear the word you know satan or the satanic temple they won't you know have a heart attack any of our listeners have any questions um where can they go yeah so um it's always easy to find like a, just a general contact us um on our website and if it's for me specifically it will get to me we have people that respond to every single email that comes in and filters it to the right people my email is assc at the satanic temple.com. So it's, it's pretty easy. ASSC at the satanic temple.com. I respond to every single email I get almost to a fault. Awesome. This is a lot of fun. <laughs> it was hanging out with friends. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, thank you so much for taking the time and telling yeah. us, you know, about everything that's going on, which is a lot. Yeah. Thanks, Shandy and Zoe. Appreciate you guys. Have a good night. We'd like to thank June for being on the show. To learn more about the work of the Satanic Temple, check out their website at thesatanictemple.com. That's T-H-E-S-A-T-A-N-I-C-T-E-M-P-L-E.com. Thanks for listening to this episode of Bound by the Cloak. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram. Be sure to like, follow, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like what you hear, let us know. Email us at info at boundbythecloak.com or send us a message on social media. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. Until next time.